takes on It's the thrill of one more kill The last one to find We'll never sacrifice their will Don't ever look back When the world closes in Be on the attack With your wings Giants 27, Saints 21, and welcome to a victory episode of Talking Giants presented by DraftKings. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick, and we have a victory to talk about. We're going to talk about some negative things in, in this episode, too, but man, I am jazzed up. One, a win, a, a win is a win, and the first one of the year is always you know, one of the more fun ones, Justin, but a win in overtime, and Daniel Jones putting up 17 points in the final three drives of the game. When the game felt done, Daniel Jones put this team on his back. And we're going to talk about DJ a lot, obviously. And he won this game for the New York Giants. How are you? We're winners. We are winners. Um, Took a month. We're in October. But we are winners on a Victory Monday. Happy Victory Monday to you, Bobby Skinner. Happy Victory Monday to Everybody that's listening, it's still Victory Sunday, and we're still celebrating. If you're in the Patreon chat, hanging out with us, a lot of our Patreon members that are hanging out, this is their first victory. And Bobby, a theme from last year, and you know, kind of after the season and after season reflection that I had was, this is a team that's easy to root for because of its players. You know, Logan Ryan's a guy that's easy to root for. Andrew Thomas is a guy that's easy to root for. Daniel Jones is an e- is a guy that's easy to root for. And what I really feel like this game was is it was the personification of why we believe in a guy like Andrew Thomas, why we do believe in a guy like Daniel Jones. You know, Saquon Barkley started to come back to form a little bit. He's an, always been an easy guy to root for. You know, Kadarius Toney kind of came out came out of the woodwork and he showed us something. Kenny Galladay got big money. He showed us something. So all these guys that we want to root for because we want to we want to start rooting for this football team and its players again. You know, not just for hope. We don't want to start rooting for hope. We want to root for the players because they can perform. And they showed us why they can do that today. You know, there were some bad parts. And, you know, this is still not a great football team overall. They have a lot of things to clean up. But it's a victory Monday. They found a way to win. They got it done. And I just feel really great for the players that we root for because it's those guys that kind of got it done. They put the team on their back today. Yeah, and they and we should enjoy it. They should enjoy it. You know, there's there's things to clean up. And, you know, they, you know they'll, they'll work to do that. You know, I... You know, we're still one in three, and, you know, it's not like, oh, my gosh, we're back. You know, Washington won this week. Did Dallas beat the Panthers? I don't know. I've been, I've been know. knee I've been deep so, in I've, Giants stuff. <laughs> I know, I know. But anyways, you know, like I'm saying, it's like this isn't like we're, the Giants are back, you know, better than ever, but it's it's fun. And here's something I'll say as, as a, a, to- a talking point that we have said, a lot of people said is this team just finds a way to lose. Well, guess what? They found a way to win today. Yeah. Like, they found a way to win when they were not supposed to win. They weren't even supposed to win this game in general. You know, they were, uh, you know, a seven and a half point underdog. First game back in the dome for New Orleans. Yep. And guess what? That rude awakening. Well, we, you guys woke up Daniel Jones. But before, we're going to break it down. Here's our, our ask. I asked this on the first win of every single season. And we have not asked for it since, I think, the draft. Yeah, that's accurate. On iTunes... Even if you're not listening on iTunes, if you listen on Spotify or, or YouTube or whatever, app, go on the Apple Podcast app and leave us a five-star rating review. Seriously. It really helps us. One, we're like 80 away from 1,000. Yep. You know, like second place for the Giants is like 650 or something. Like, we want to break 1,000, and I want to break it by a mile. And it's the easiest thing you could do to support us, you know. Um, like, there's there's lots of ways to support us. The easiest one is going on iTunes and rating us five-star. And if you don't have an iPhone... Send it to someone who you know who has a yeah uh, iPhone, and hey, maybe tell them to give them a listen. But leave us a five star review. It's the easiest thing. Just freaking do it, okay? Before I get pissed off. Anyways, so do that. I I, I gotta say, I, stop whatever you're doing and leave a five star rating review. All right, Justin. Now, after a win and after a loss, there's always overreactions, right? You know, it's never as high as uh, you know, it's never as good as a win feels, and it's never as bad as a loss feels for the most part. But there's three people. That I don't feel like I'm overreacting uh, to. Because they put up a sample size. Yep. And that is Daniel Jones, Andrew Thomas, and Rob Sale. Rob Sale. Those three guys, 
we can I can I feel pumped up about and I don't think it's overgassing them up and 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 you know uh you know going too far. You know, with Daniel Jones as a four game sample size into this season where he has balled out this season. Um and then Andrew Thomas and Rob say we'll talk about them in a second third. But let's start with Daniel Jones. Twenty eight of forty today. He's completed seventy percent of his passes, four hundred two yards, ten yards per attempt, two touchdowns, and it was two touchdowns. And you know what I'm saying? Zero interceptions. That Hail Mary one doesn't count. And you look at, you know, uh, you know, for through four games this year, he's completing two thirds of his passes at sixty six point six, eight point two yards per attempt, eleven hundred eighty four yards, four touchdowns, zero interceptions, one hundred eighty eight rushing yards, two rushing touchdowns. I mean, he is balling. Like he is playing like the QB that was drafted to be that QB at six overall. You know, this was the guy we kind of believed in, and it's happening from going to throwing the ball downfield. And even you look at the twenty plus, it's like we didn't even do it a ton today. It's like just Daniel Jones. Just every time the ball is thrown deep, it seems like Daniel Jones completes it. It's like it's like every like, and that's not like common. Like if you look at a QB and he completes thirty five percent of his passes downfield, that's good. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, th- like that's probably above average. And right now, and you know, since last year, Daniel Jones is probably doing it like close to fifty percent. You know, and he was the most efficient doing it last year. He like, was fifty percent from today. He was uh, he was two for four, obviously with the two touchdowns being the fifty-two yard or the fifty-four yarder. So that's a total of one hundred and six yards on four attempts, two completions, two touchdowns, another fifty percent completion day. And obviously, Jones had the two touchdowns, big explosive plays, one play drives, love it. Yeah, and that five for eleven. You know, on those deep passes through the big season, through this season, and you know, one of those incompletions was a drop to Darius Slayton. And honestly, that's why, like, you know, deep concepts they make defenses pay. Whereas, like, if you make a mistake, like they defense did on that Saquon Barkley touchdown, you pay for it. You know what I'm saying? If a defense makes a mistake on a stick concept, they lose. You know, they giving up an eight yard gain. But if when you're running guys deep and they make a mistake, that leads to 54 yard touchdowns, easy pitches and catches for Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. He was also 6-for-7 in the air yards between 10 and 19. 6-for-7 seven with 79 yards towards the left sideline, 27 and 17. So that's over, you know what, that's over, it's probably around 130 yards, and he was 6-for-7 throwing in between 10 and 19. So again, this is so crazy, most of his incompletions are coming when he's throwing behind the sticks and in the intermediate part of the field. It's 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 so crazy. It's wild. Yeah, and, and it seems like with Garrett, they have found – a groove and getting the ball downfield and yep. listen this isn't and i'll give you know i'm not like back on garrett or anything but i will give him credit they have found something with these max protect you know seven eight man protections play action from under center and like two man routes like they found something with that you know not not a lot of teams are doing that and it's old school but it's working so I'll, you know i'll give him credit for that like that they are finding holes in zones and daniel jones is putting balls yep. on, on guys accurately down the field and then when they play the safeties up, you get a touchdown to John Ross. Can I get in John Ross? But Daniel Jones has – he is a good QB right now. Like, Daniel Jones is good. We don't even need to beat around the bush anymore. Daniel Jones right now is just a good quarterback. He is – like, he is playing like he was drafted to be. You had the Washington game this game. And then even the two games where we lost versus Atlanta and Denver, it's like, did Daniel Jones play bad in those games? Like, no. You know what I'm saying? And, and turnover-wise – He's had zero interceptions in his last 10 games. Sorry, uh, you know, we had, there was two. One was off Evan Ingram's hands versus Dallas and then the Hail Mary today. So he essentially has zero interceptions in his last 10 games. Like, he has truly improved in every way since the first half of last season where, you know, we were talking, we were thinking like, man, we might be in the QB market next year. Yeah, today Daniel Jones had a CPOE completion percentage over expected of 10.3 plus 10.3. I believe, as of right now, that's one of the best in the NFL. It's not the best. Um, and on 40 attempts, that's very, very impressive. His, his expected completion percentage was 59.7. His actual completion percentage was 70. And when you consider that he was that he was throwing into a tight window, aggressiveness percentage is something that next-gen stats calculate. When you consider that he was throwing into tight windows at 22.5% of the time, <laughs> you know, it just makes it that even more impressive what, what he was able to do. Bobby, I agree. Uh, just making things happen. Hey, remember last year? It was one of those things of, you know, hey, the kid has to make it happen. Daniel Jones has to make things happen. You know, how many plays have we seen this year where Daniel Jones has made something happen? That John Ross touchdown, he wasn't wide open. He wasn't wide open. That was a great play by John Ross to come down with that football. And that was, I think, even a better throw by Daniel Jones to put it in a spot where only John Ross, can I get a, and John Ross, where only he can actually come down with the ball. So, 
again, cre credit to the kid, credit to the guy for what he's been able to do, because again, he's rising above the circumstances that are around him, and that's what a quarterback should do. We should celebrate it. Good job. You're muted, Bobby. Giants are 1-0 with and John Ross on their roster, fun fact. Yeah. Well, and, and think about, you know, Sterling Shepard. We talked about, like, he's hiding blemishes on this offense, Sterling Shepard and him, him and Jones' connection. No Shep today. You know, I know Slayton's kind of in the doghouse with a lot of people, but it's like losing him is, is kind of a bigger deal. And I think it forced Garrett and DJ to be like, all right, our offense right now is Kenny Galladay, Kadarius Tony, and then Colin Johnson to CJ. It, but they, they ran a ton of two, two tight end stuff, you know. Like that's that's our offense right now. Like you like you can't you can't just force feed Tony a few carries a few catches a game. Like you he has to be a part of this offense. He has to be running routes. He has to be a part of progressions. And Kenny Galladay, I mean Kenny Galladay six catches for 116 yards. Yeah, on seven Loved targets it. by the way. Like, can we look? Can you look up what uh, Kenny Galladay's like catch rate for the season is? Like, I'm sure it's pretty good. You know, he was there. It was good week one, week three, and week four. Like he's catching the majority of his catches and he's never been a high catch rate wide receiver. Yeah, no. And something that I really loved from both Tony and Galladay is that both of them had over eight yards after the catch per reception. Both, both of them. Kenny Galladay, dude, like he, we don't win the game on that route in the fourth quarter where he catches it and breaks the tackle and adds 20 yards. Malcolm Jenkins. I mean, dude, it's been two weeks in a row, Bobby, where he's had grown man plays. I know the one on the Falcons on the sideline, he just put his shoulder down, then he went out of bounds. But this was just a flat-out grown man play where Malcolm Jenkins is no scrub. You know, Malcolm Jenkins, Super Bowl champion, good safety, captain for the Saints, breaks that tackle, high steps, gets the yards after the catch. That, you know, the play before Saquon Barkley's game-winning touchdown was a beautiful throw and catch by Kenny Galladay to get open and he got separation Kadarius Tony it was so great to see this is just a dude that wills yards after the catch like he he willed it you know there, there's insane. not a lot of opportunities and can I can I say this can I say this he he does I, ha I hate that I'm saying this right now he does remind me of Odell with the ball in his hands he does yeah I got those vibes yeah <sighs> that's tough just the twitch just the twitch one game yeah, I mean he turned a third and 18 into a first down yeah you know what I'm saying? Huge. Like, he turned a third and 18 to a first down. And he probably wants a couple of plays back. I mean, he had six catches for 78 yards. He had two drops in there. He had two yeah. drops. You know, that one that one drop, you know, which was the drive, their last drive where they didn't score points. Like, that could have been a big play. I hate saying, like, oh, it would have went to the house because there was guys ahead of him. But, like, that could have been a – it would have at least been 15 yards or so, which is a big play for the Giants offense this year. So, like, those guys had to be relied on. And they showed up. And – you know, we said it on the pregame show, like we're not reacting to one game sample sizes of people anymore. So am I reacting and been like, Garrett maybe has figured it out because we kind of did that versus Walsh? No, but like, gosh, this has to be such an awake, like a, a wake up call to like, use these guys, man, and use them at what they do. Stop trying to, you know, yeah. fit square pegs in the round holes. Use these guys the way they're supposed to be used. And I'm not like, you know, I'm, I would say it was a, what would you say about Jason Garrett overall in this game? I'll say good but at the same time i'm like it was one of daniel jones best games and he scored 27 points with overtime it, it was it was good um but but again i'm not i'm, I'm just gonna, i'm gonna refuse to change my evaluation on jason garrett until no, he puts it together on like a three-game basis i really yeah, am. don't don't give me a full evaluation give me a one-game evaluation on him though Con it's i'm confused that's really what i am bobby i'm confused because why are we having this kind of game against New Orleans, which is, as of three weeks, they've been a top-five pass defense. They're a really good run defense, too. They've been a top-five defense overall. Washington, whose defense on paper is good. You know, why are we having these games against these, like, good defenses? And then against Atlanta, like, it, it was nothing. and We couldn't do anything. So, I, I, it, I'm confused right now. But, again, I'm celebrating Daniel Jones. I'm celebrating the players that really, out, you know, performed very well today. Yeah, at the same—I mean, they had— 10 points with eight, you know, with eight minutes, you know, seven minutes left in the, or with, yeah, with seven minutes left in the game, they had a 10 points. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's when they had to like, all right, we got to really push the ball downfield and move and, and work quickly. And we can't, you know, we can't get run the ball like we want to, you know, we can't run on for like, you know, the, the first three first downs of the game, they ran the ball and gained negative one yards total, yeah. you know, and that that's is first down is such a huge down and the NFL nowadays. Thank you. Being at second and 10 and second and four are worlds of difference. And it's why 
you know, there's a lot of stuff around analytics right now, but I think a really simple one is like more times than not throw the ball on first down. Now, if they give you a really favorable run front and you can run the ball on first down and you're, you're, you've been doing it well, that's one thing. But the Giants haven't done that this year at all. You know what I'm saying? It's been the, it's been the exact opposite. It's been like their worst running down probably. So it's like, at least they got away from that after the start of the yep. game, but it was, um, it was frustrating in the first three drive, first two drives. It's like for every, we're we're in second and ten every single every single pl- uh, drive. Yeah, Giants have been one of the more pass heavy teams on first down in quarters one through three, and I think just overall too, they've been one of the more pass heavy teams on first down. Um, and then they started to do that thing where they they did it against Denver, where it's just like, come on, don't don't waste a play, don't just waste a first down here. And then they got back to it, you know, doing a little bit more play action. And, you know, that stuff, it, it really does open up Saquon Barkley. You know, I, I I don't know if the Giants' red zone attempt that they had on that first, that they had an overtime, right? The first play that they had in the red zone, I don't know if that running play is set up so well without throwing the ball down the field pretty much that entire drive. And, you know, having the threat of Kenny Galladay and spreading it out, and they ran out of the shotgun there in the red zone, which is not something that you typically do. You typically want to go under center. You want to go power. You want to go heavy, but they spread it out. They got less guys in the box. Saquon was patient, got into the end zone, kind of went north and south, and he hit that hole. So that was brilliant. That was a great job. Yeah, it was a good game from Saquon, but here's we'll we'll finish off the DJ Slurp Fest with this. Got the ball <laughs> down 11 with seven minutes left in the game. He went 11 for 15, 165 yards, a touchdown mm. on the following three drives for 17 points. Mm. If that's not, you know, being clutch, I don't know what is. You know what I'm saying? This was the first 300. This was not just the first 300-yard game for Daniel Jones. It was the first 400-yard game for Daniel Jones under Jason Garrett. So, listen, man, this whole idea of people you know, making excuses for like, well, the O-line, and we're going to talk about the O-line in a second, and, and they don't trust him. Well, you got no excuse not to trust this guy right now. This yep. guy got better as the year went along last year, and he got a lot better this offseason. He put in the work, in, and I think a, a big correlation has to do with Andrew Thomas' success. But, like, this guy has gotten better, and he's looking like a franchise QB right now. Now, there's 13 more games this year. Things can change. But right now, he looks like that guy. Like, if you're judging him unbiasedly from the outside, you know, and from the outside in world looking into this, the Giants, they've been like, Daniel Jones has actually been pretty good. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Or maybe Giants fans are probably a little harder on Daniel Jones than than the outside, you know, critics. But it's like, man, it's, it's kind of undeniable the way he's playing right now. Before the Sunday Night Football game, Daniel Jones is third in the NFL in QB EPA. You know, expected points added. Hey, that's the metric. Hey, first of all, if you're mad at possibly, you know, there was talk about that touchdown being taken off the board for Daniel Jones after the John Ross fumble, which it does count. He has two touchdown passes. But if you're upset... Like, oh, I hate how the box score says that there's an interception on Daniel Jones's record when it didn't matter and he just threw it towards the end zone because he was hoping for a touchdown at the end of the first half. Stats and metrics like EPA, do some do some reading up on it. It doesn't fault Daniel Jones for meaningless interceptions. So even though the box score does, that doesn't. So if you thought Daniel Jones had a really good game, well, EPA would agree with you that it's top three in the National Football League amongst quarterbacks so far before Sunday Night Football games. How about that? So... I, my, you know, when that happened in my mind, I was like, man, when I do the Daniel Jones deep ball throw at the end of the year, it's like, I'm counting this as a touchdown. I was like, I don't care. I, I'm, I'm, I'm ignoring it and I'm counting this as a touchdown, but it counts. So, so all is well. Don't count it as the interception either. Yeah, I won't. I would never count Hail Mary's in there anyways. Um, let's talk about the offensive line. And I guess that can breed into Saquon talk a little bit. Zero sacks, zero sacks allowed. Four, and when they handed the ball off, they had 14 carries, 58 yards, and a touchdown. That's over. That's you know that's a little bit over four yards per carry. That's you know barely pushing over. And I want to give them credit on that two point conversion. They buried the D line. You know it was supposed to be an RPO, and it didn't work out. You know they covered it well, and Daniel Jones probably should have handed the ball off, but they just they just moved the pile, and Daniel Jones runs in for an easy. Like that was a broken play. You know what I'm saying? And Daniel Jones just gets an easy run in because of the offensive line just moving dudes, moving earth. And and it starts with Andrew Thomas. Andrew Thomas is a top left tackle right now. Mm. And I'm telling you, it has to do with Daniel Jones' success. Like, there is correlation that since Andrew Thomas has gotten good, the, you know, the Daniel Jones interception, you know, uh, number, you know. Like, the, the first good Dan- Andrew Thomas game, was you know the Bucks last year, which was that DJ interception game. But like since then, 
Like the interceptions, I, I fully believe that is correlated with Andrew Thomas' success because Daniel Jones is able to maneuver when all that front side stuff is happening to him. And Thomas is just locking dudes down. Like I watch him throughout the game. I'm like, man, he just handles. Like he, he and, and, and what's beautiful is he looked good towards the end of last year, but you could tell he wasn't that confident still. You know, you could tell in his hands and his feet, like he wasn't that confident. You know, he was, you know, he was, you know, he was working technique, but he just wasn't that confident. He looks like an extremely confident player. Like it is spewing through him his confidence right now, and it's and it's showing up as dominant. Like people need to apologize, to Andrew Thomas. Seriously, <laughs> no, I'm serious. The way that he was reacted to after seven games, and you know what, Duke Manningweather, Brandon Thorne, you guys had no problem trashing this dude. Is it correlated to you guys training uh, some of his classmates and and not him? I don't know, but you know what. The apology should be as loud as the disrespect. And I know that's a really corny Twitter line I just put out. But you know what? Like, this guy got no time to grow without people trashing him. And now he looks like the best out of those four. Like, if I, and I watch every rep of those guys. Through the first four games this year, I haven't watched their other games this week. He has been the best out of those four. Mikai obviously has been hurt. But that goes into the evaluation with Mikai. Yep. He's been hurt four different times now. Like, he has been the best out of those four. And I don't really hear anyone talking about it. So... Uh, you know, shout out to Andrew Thomas and shout out to Rob Sale. Like zero sacks as a unit. Nate Solder seemed to play well. Like he had some bad reps I saw, but like overall, like Nate Solder, like was holding his own on the right side. Um, it's so hard to see the interior in the middle in you know in game, but like the Rob Sale has this group coached up, and we've seen all years. Like the O line looks decent as pass blockers. Yeah, Daniel Jones held onto the ball for longer than three seconds, I believe, this game, and. You know, just on Andrew Thomas, again, going back to my point to start off the show, it's just a dude you want to root for. He's a good dude. He's a hard worker, high leverage draft pick of this of this team. Humble. Humble, puts his head down, puts his head down, and he works. You know, a lot of guys could have talked about that ankle injury that he struggled with, blah, blah, blah. He didn't. Just a guy that you want to root for. A lot of guys tweet, tweet, tweet about, you know, their O-line play, you know, yeah. especially some of his classmates. Andrew Thomas never does. Uh, so, I, I'm, you know, if there's one player I'm probably the most proud of, it's, it's Andrew because he could have, uh, you know, especially after that that preseason game, he's he's balled out since. Yeah, and especially I think what Thomas is showing, you know, we said this as a reason why to take Andrew Thomas and to take a left tackle in the 2020 draft Left tackle is the second most valuable position in the game of football, right behind quarterback. You know, no, it's not wide receiver. No, it's not cornerback. And no, it's not edge rusher. And I think you're seeing it. You know, Andrew Thomas n- playing at a high level and having left tackle play that's not at a high level. I don't want to say that's the exact causation as to why the offense is performing well and Daniel Jones is performing well, but you're seeing the difference in Daniel Jones as a quarterback when he has everything in front of him or everything that he can't see when that's kind of taken care of. You're seeing the difference in who he is as a quarterback because this is the first time in how many years and how many games has Daniel Jones been a pro? First time Or a collegiate athlete. Four sets of games and including collegiate athlete, you're seeing Daniel Jones with good protection from his blind side and you're seeing the kind of quarterback that he can be. Yeah, it's 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 good. It's beautiful to see. So Thomas Rob Sale. Um, what there was a point I wanted to make. Oh, running the ball wise, I mean I don't think they did a great job running the ball. Four you yards know. per carry, Saquon had. So yeah, yeah, that's not that's nothing special. But he was he was he made his impact in the receiving game this week. Yeah, he he faced an eight man box thirty one percent of the time too. Um, so you have to take that into account where, you know, largely this year, the criticism has been Saquon's been inefficient because he hasn't faced an eight man box. Will he, he face an eight man box a decent amount today? And I have to give him credit on the touchdown run too. I mean, that, that touchdown run is, you know, it's obviously the play that won us the game, but he could have easily run it, run into the back of an offensive lineman tripped over somebody, but it, he was patient. But then once he found the hole, he hit the hole. Cause I'll tell you what, Bobby, you know, there, there's a worry. There's a worry. We saw it when Kyle Rudolph caught a 20 yard pass and, didn't run over a defender to get into the end zone, and then yeah, the Giants kind of weak. <laughs> the Giants wound up kicking a field goal because they can't they can't punch it in the end zone. So you're thinking, oh, here we go. You know, you know, Kenny Galladay couldn't get the ball in the end zone, so the Giants are inside the five yard line. Here we go again. Giants are only going to come away with the field goal, but one play, no hesitation. Saquon Barkley gets in the end zone and he wins the game. So that that was awesome. You know, he you know, he yeah he's still not there. He's still not great. He's still not Saquon of twenty eighteen. But the fact that that happened, that one play happened, plus what he did in the receiving game, huge play by the way. Sa- if we're talking Saquon Barkley in the receiving game, huge play 
Colin Johnson, this is on the game-winning drive. Colin Johnson gets this illegal formation penalty. And again, as a Giants fan, you're thinking to yourself, oh, well, we can't recover from this. You know, Giants can't recover from penalties. Anything that kind of disrupts the schedule and disrupts the game script, it's it's over, right? Nope, next play, one of those screens, check down, Saquon Barkley takes it first down right away. Obviously the fumble, Kyle Rudolph saves it, but I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to talk about that. That was a wacky play. Good job um, by Will on that screenplay, too. He had yes. a really good block. Yeah, so I'm, I'm very happy for Saquon. I'm happy. Again, a guy, a guy that's easy to root for, no matter how much controversy there is. I'm happy he had a good game. I'm happy he had two touchdowns. Happy he had the game-winning touchdown. Happy for him. Go and be better next week. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about what he's looked like, and it seems like a lot of it is like his, his mental, you know, like confidence-wise. Yeah. And, and so, you know, this can be a game that, you know, you know kind of – Pull vaults him in. That's the last thing I wanted to say about uh, Thomas was that that's why it frustrated me so much when people said he's just the most pro ready, doesn't have a high ceiling. I was like, get out of here! Like he, like look at the way he he moved. Like he has, I felt like he had the most room to improve. Um, you know, and it's something we talked about after the draft. Here's what I want to say: where I'm pretty, like, kind of like, what the hell, Garrett? You mentioned that Kyle Rudolph catch. The next three plays, a handoff, which I was oh, fine. Yeah. Handoff on first down. An Evan Ingram jet sweep, which is like, I know that's one of those plays where it's like, if it goes well, it's brilliant. And if it, you know, if it doesn't, it's, it's moronic, but it seems moronic, you know, and Evan Ingram had a drop today on third down, which I was like, gosh, it's like, this is funny. This is almost funny to me now. And then the, the, then the third play was like, I get Kyle Rudolph is a red zone threat, but it's like, here's my one critique of Daniel Jones. When you're at like the three yard line, throw the ball higher. Yeah. And softer. Like, he puts bullets on dudes down there, you know? Um, but it was like, there was no progression in that play. It was very much like, okay, we are going to Kyle Rudolph versus Marcus Ladmore on a on a mismatch of size. But it was like, it wasn't a mismatch of size route. You know, it was kind of like that, like a little stick and nod type thing. So, that was frustrating by Jason Garrett. All right, anything else you want to talk about on the offense? We talked about, you know, receivers, running backs, Daniel Jones, obviously, Jason Garrett, O-line. Show it to me again next week. I mean, that that's the challenge. Yeah. Enjoy the win. As fans, celebrate the win. But if you're in the building and, you know, if, if, if you're listening to this and you're in the building, uh, you know, the, the most important challenge is the next one. And you have a division opponent next week. They're looking pretty good. A defense that I feel like can be taken advantage of, but they've played well. Buckle up and get ready. Do it again next week. I mean, that I, I'm almost like I'm almost on to next week. Like I celebrated. I'm gonna enjoy it. I'm enjoying my victory Sunday, but victory Monday, I'm, I'm on to Dallas, and I I want to see it again. Uh, don't make this a wasted effort and a wasted win. An emotional win where you go on the road, you get that win, you find a way to win after two games in a row where you found ways to lose. Don't make it a wasted effort. And I'm sure we're gonna be talking about, um. Our head coach after uh, this Cowboys. ad break. Cowboys won. What I was going to say is Jason Garrett always calls good plays against the Cowboys. That so is we'll, true. We'll definitely win this week. All right, read the ad. Fall is in the air, Bobby Skinner, and it's getting a little crisp. It's. Getting I saw little... you guys at the high school game wearing hoodies. How about that? Yeah, I, it was really cool. It's, it's been really fun weather here in the East Coast. It's been really cool, crisp Weather, fall weather's really fun. But you know what's not fun? Your girl running out of the bedroom when she sees that man turf growing around your end zone football joke for balls. Keep that field trimmed with the sponsors of today's show, Manscaped, the leader in below-the-waist grooming. They just launched their performance package 4.0. Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready for kickoff by going to Manscaped for 20% off plus free shipping with the code GIANTS. This will help tame, if you're playing fantasy football, this will help tame that Tyree Kill Cheetah you have in your pants. Lawnmower 4.0. It's a fourth generation trimmer, and it also features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. Lawnmower 4.0 has a 7,000 RPM motor, all new multifunction on off switch that can engage in a travel lock and is even waterproof. So, if you, guess what? You know what I recommend? I recommend you go into Dallas next week because it's a big game. It's the biggest game of the season so far. Recommend you go into Dallas. Get the lawnmower 4.0. Get the performance package 4.0. Get your shed travel bag. Bring it with you to Dallas and enjoy a football game. Join Giants win. Lawnmower 4.0 also has a 4,000K LED spotlight, which allows you to be as accurate as Bill Belichick with the challenge flag. Ooh, you know who's not accurate with some of his challenge flags? 
Joe Judge and Sean Payton. Sean Payton had a pissed off, I'm going to throw this challenge flag for no reason today. And I thought that was kind of funny. Don't forget to use the Crop Preserver, Ball Deodorant, and their Crop Reviver, add to that travel bag, to help your little bench warmers on their A-game while feeling the sun's heat. So get 20% off plus free shipping with the code GIANTS at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code GIANTS at Manscaped.com. We don't know who you're picking to be your flex this season in terms of fantasy football again. But we know you'll be flexing in your southern region with Manscaped. Your footballs will thank you. Awesome, Harry. Thank you. So we talked about a lot of pauses with the offense, and we now we talk about the defense. But before I want to talk about the defense, I think this was Joe Judge's worst head coach game in the NFL. I really do. And, you know, he's not a coordinator, so it's like you're not looking at his offensive game plan or his defensive game plan. You know, obviously he has a say in both, but it's like it seems like he is very stubborn. And I get that. Like, coaches should believe in what they are. But it seems like his fourth down decision making is not only what he think is is right, but it almost seems like he's trying to stick it to everyone else who's telling him he's wrong. You know what I'm saying? That third and one in the in, so they have a third and one in that first quarter of the game, and they call Y leak, which is a play I love, and I I love the idea of third and one. Third and one should be the most dangerous down in football, not because you could get the first down. Because you can go in on fourth down, but the defense has to play it like we got to stop them from getting a first down right here. Like their goal is to stop you from getting a first down. So which means your goal should be to try and get a big play out of that. Like last week when they threw the ball to Colin Johnson on that third and three where they punted after. I love that play call if you're going for it on the fourth down. And something I would like to know is like, does Jason Garrett know on third down if they're going for it on fourth? Like that should, if, if, if they probably do, but if like, if not, he definitely has to. I don't know because Jason Garrett commented uh, this he said we always week, have a play ready. I know what you're about to say. You have a, have a play ready, but also he said that he does not make those fourth down decisions. That he said that he trusts Joe's judgment. But what I don't I'm know. Is, are does they... Joe tell him on third, like, hey, if you don't get it, we're going to go for it on fourth? I I don't know. I mean, I, I've never seen Joe Judge and Jason Garrett speak to each other. So well, I'm, they have I have the headset. No, uh, no, I'm I'm kidding. But okay. You know. <laughs> uh, but I know I'm serious. Which is I, true. I don't I've think I've never seen them speak face to face. Never seen them speak to each other. <laughs> um, besides like Kenny Galladay, like warm ups for between before Atlanta, and even then it was like Garrett seemed like the odd man out. Um, so I love that play call. If you go for it on, if you're going for it on fourth down, and yeah. they kick a field, it's like come on, man. It's like and you know that was in the beginning of the game. It's like take go for six. Let's go for it on that fourth down. That was so frustrating. You know what I'm saying? And then Gano mix, misses a kick, and it's like, well, we've kind of taken for granted that Gano can miss a kick. He's made, you know, he made almost like 40 kicks in a row, you know, before that one missed. Um, you know, and that's coming off of last week where you had the big fourth down decision, and then at the end of the half, not calling timeouts. Like, there's a that could be a that could be a three point difference that Joe Judge lost because he didn't call timeouts when the Saints had the ball, you know, down within the 20. You know, because they got with they got within hail mary range and and two plays. You know, they, they yeah. got to the 50-yard line within two plays. Three plays, because one play was a penalty, and they got those yards back on a nice Saquon run. Yeah, that was brutal, not calling those timeouts. You know, and then, which the one that might be the worst of all, and it kind of reminded me of what the game, Arizona game where I got so mad at Joe Judge last year, is down 11 on the New Orleans 47 with nine and a half minutes left they punt. And I get it was fourth and ten, but it's like – or or fourth and nine or fourth and eight or whatever it was, but it's like, dude, it, it felt like we were throwing the like at that time. I was like, we're we're only going to get the ball back one more time. Now, thank God, we when we did get it back, we scored on one play that throw to Saquon Barkley. But it's like, you know, that's the that might be the only one play you know play drive in you know with Daniel Jones. Yeah, it, it's probably the only one that's been less than a minute. And we had two of them. We had two one play drives this game, and that that saved us. It, it, it really did because this Giants offense. Was the John Ross drive a one play drive? It was one play. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, I believe I believe so. Um, somebody in Patreon, let me know if I'm correct. Yeah, because the problem with this Giants offense is, you know, yeah, yeah, they can produce explosive. You know, they'll they'll produce an explosive play on a drive, but still, it just takes them so long to move the ball. And by the time they get into the red zone, they've called so many plays where it's like, well, are you running out of plays to stay on schedule and stay on script? Are you running out of plays for this script? So they've just, they run so many plays and it takes them so long. And that's why I was so pissed off. Right. And uh, there was, I was having a conversation with snacks and some other people were like, oh, I'm happy Joe judge didn't call the timeout. So then he didn't leave enough time for Jameis Winston on the clock to 
go back and score. I'm like, no, the Giants, when they get the ball back with three minutes left, they need every single second. The Giants need every single second. So I'm glad Joe Judge called a timeout. Yeah, that won't be it, but he should have called two more. You know what I mean? He should have, yeah. Um. So, yeah, I mean, it's... Or was that at the end of the game? I think I got confused with the end of the game. He called one at the end of the game when they when you know before the Saints punted. Oh no, was, yeah, there were people that were mad that Joe Judge called that timeout when the Giants got the ball back with three minutes and one second left in the no, fourth quarter. Good. So that yes, no, that's good because the Giants need, as you saw, the Giants need every single second on that clock available because they just can't run a fast. They can't even if they run up tempo, they still can't have an up tempo offense because they just can't move the ball. Fast. Yeah, and, and and I yeah that one definitely was right because you know you save 40 seconds and so it's like yeah do timeouts help when you're moving the ball downfield and running your hurry up offense yeah but you're never going to use 40 seconds so that that one was smart yeah but the end of the first half hurt that 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 hurt because again you yeah. just wasted an opportunity that you could have had and the fourth down decisions i mean hold on, i need to look at like it's it seems defiant you know what i'm saying yeah. like and it seems like a big like and I get it. Like, I don't want my head coach listening to media and fans. You know? You, you know? Like, I, I don't. I want him to believe in his ways, but it's like, it almost seems like he's trying to stick it to everybody. Yeah, with, and with Bobby. With fourth down decisions. Wasn't he? I really feel like the Cleveland game, he took it from zero to 100 last year, where it was like, all right, every fourth down he's going for it with your backup quarterback. I'm like, all right, you know, I, I, I respect being ballsy, and I love going for it on fourth and short, but it was that, that was a little too much at times last year. But now it's it, there's just no in between. There's no middle way where he seems he seems like a coach that goes off a of feel and feel for the game, but that's not it. And I think this week it showed it. Like this week it's like no, I think this is just a philosophical thing, and I think it's just you that you just don't want to go for it. Like having a feel for the game is feeling that your offense is moving the ball well and they're possessing the ball and. Daniel Jones's legs, and you have Kadarius Tony with yards after the catch. That's having a feel for the game, and that's why you go for it from midfield or even in your opponent's territory. But to just punt and dismiss that you have all that going for you, I think it's philosophical at this point. I don't. I, I it's stubbornness, like you said. But even last, like last year, he was conservative with fourth downs, right? It, it seems like he's all out against fourth downs at, yeah. at this time this year. You know, he was like, middle he, of the pack last year. He was middle of the pack. Yeah, but there was times where it's like, wow, you this was pretty a conservative decision, you know. Like, Correct. Like last yeah. year, it was a talking point. This year, it just it, it's 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 kind of mind blowing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's it it seems like it's and I, I maybe I'm getting too like you know psychological where it's like like he doesn't want to seem like he's going for it because of the outside pressure, you know, like and that's you know I'm a stubborn I'm a very stubborn person as well, so there's you know there's times where. I may not do something because I don't want you to think that you being right made me do that. Right. You know, but we're, <laughs> like, but we're we're fans, and he's an NFL coach that has gone on record saying adapt or die before. Right. So you have you have to adapt. Um, I know it's very frustrating. I'm, I'm I've never. It, this is very disappointing, man. Like credit to Daniel Jones for taking over this game and winning. Yeah. But the Giants should have lost this game. Yeah. You know. I I at one point tweeted it out. I deleted it because I'm because I'm a coward. I deleted that the Giants don't deserve to win this game because there was a point in the game where, you know, there was eight minutes left and, you know, they're punting and they're, you know, they're down by a couple scores. There was a point in this game where they didn't deserve to win. They, they, they really didn't. And that's why I started off this show celebrating the players that we really like, the players that we want to be really good. Some of the new additions and Tony Galladay, John Ross celebrated those guys, Andrew Thomas, Daniel Jones, who we want to be cornerstones of this franchise. That's why we've been celebrating those guys to start off the show and not necessarily saying, hey, the Giants, the you know, Giants really outcoached the Saints today. Because I that I don't I certainly don't think that was the No, case. they definitely didn't, you know. All right, let's talk about the defense. So twenty one points to the Saints isn't bad, you know. Like it's there, you know, the they scored more points versus the Patriots. And versus the Packers, so not not a, a horrible game for the defense, but man, they are they are not right up front, you know. And losing Blake seems to be a bigger deal. I mean, the Saints ran the ball thirty nine times for one hundred seventy yards and two touchdowns, you know, and including the like the ta- like do those Taysom Hill touchdowns happen if Blake Martinez is out there? Like I, I don't I don't think so, you know. And they are just, you know, that's four point four yards per carry on the ground, and in the past game, and I know Jameis didn't throw a ton in this game. I think he threw like maybe twenty something passes, twenty three passes, um, completed seventeen, I believe. They 
had zero sacks. Zero sacks. And then as far as like the run game, they only had one tackle for a loss. Zero QB hits, too, according to the NFL game book. That's insane, man. Like they it's it is crazy how the pass rush has gotten worse. Like the pass rush is significantly worse worse than what we saw of the second half Giants yeah. last season. Like significantly worse. And that was with them using Nico Lalos, Cam Brown, Carter Coughlin, and Kyler Fackrell. Well, even Kyler Fackrell was injured towards the end of the year. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and it, that was their group. And I mean, I'm at the point where it's like we got to call Nico Lalos up from the practice squad. Like it, it's it is or pick Cam or pick Carter Coughlin back on the edge. Like they are not getting any pressure. No. You know what I'm saying? And it's like even if if Leonard Williams and Dex get up pressure up the middle, which they did a few times, it's like well the QB is easily able to get outside the pocket. Like it is it is severely hurting this defense how bad they are you uh, rushing the passer. You know, and Graham was he was aggressive playing man coverage and. And that's his frustrating thing is like even when they blitz, they're not really getting there. But it's like Bradbury got beat deep today. Like I want to know, like air yards wise, like was that the deepest Brad? That was the deepest Bradbury got. But it's like I think it might have been the deepest he got beat by like 20, 30 yards as a New York Giant. Yeah, that's fair. You know, and then here's you know what the player I'm the most disappointed with, Xavier McKinney. I don't think he's played well, but I think because he plays that deep safety role. And you don't see him on TV a ton. We don't realize it. But like that play that got called for a, a touchdown and then got there the holding penalty. McKinney's, the beat reporters, it's hard to see from TV and Fox didn't replay it and show what happened. They said that McKinney got beat on that, you know, and I, like McKinney has been disappointing. Like, and, and so, but you know, they're playing, they're playing man coverage and they're playing aggressive, but it's like, we have no pass rush. So it's like, those two just don't work hand in hand unless you're running cover zero all out blitzes, which is like, you just can't. You can't consistently do that unless you're the Baltimore Ravens. So it's like it's hard to even diagnose the. Ex- it's there's so many different little things with the defense, and it wasn't a, a horrible game for the defense. But it's like the I think it all stems back to the pass rush, the pass rush, and James Bradbury not playing like a top three corner in the NFL. Yeah, James Woodson held on to the ball for an average of three seconds per attempt today, and the fact that he there was there was no QB hits, no there was not a single hit on the quarterback today. Um, that's very frustrating coverage did. I thought a very good job besides the big plays that they allowed play of the game, you know, not counting the Barkley touchdown, the Barkley fumble where, where Rudolph picked it up and play of the game was Leonard Williams forcing a hold on that touchdown. That, that was the play of the game. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I thought Leonard had a better game. Yeah, he did, but it's like, there's no edge presence. So it's like, even when Leonard Williams does well, it's, it, it doesn't show up, you know what I'm saying? And that's kind of the issue with the, having a defensive tackle being your biggest pass rush. Yeah, there was a pressure that he had on the quarterback that resulted on an incompletion, I believe, on a second long, forced, forced the third and long, or it might have even been on third down. The fourth down, down. I know what you're talking about. It was the, the second 18. Yeah, yeah, and he, it was a good pressure, forced an incompletion. The fourth and three, where Kamara gets that pitch, Leonard Williams runs out there, makes the tackle on Kamara. Um, Kamara, excuse me, I got a YouTube comment on that. So he had a he had a solid game, but um, Alvin Kamara Harris. I'm concerned with when the Giants play better skill position players. You know, corners can be good, but when the when the pass rush doesn't get home, I'm concerned when you know, like Week One, like we saw against the Broncos, better skill position players I think are going to run those crossing routes, and it's just going to carve up this Giants defense and yards after catch. I thought they were a bad tackling unit today. Uh, so McKinney many too. That's another McKinney. He misses so, tackles. So many tackles where Kamara, who, Kamara, whoever was getting the ball, they would just get the ball and then point of attack where defender and offensive player meet, and then yards after contact just all day. Like we would, we would have guys for two for two yard gains, and then they would turn it into five six yard gains. So these are just things that the defense has to clean up. And again, it does it does start up front. Starts up front. I thought the run defense was bad today. Thought it was very, very bad. You know, I'm all for letting a team kind of run on you a little bit because it's tough to sustain drives that way. They had 170 rushing yards. They had 170 rushing yards? Yeah. It's not good. And I think Dallas is kind of salivating at that next week, saying, you know, hey, we have the talented skill position players, plus we have the good offensive line with the two running back rotation back there. So I think Dallas is kind of salivating facing this Giants defense right now. Yeah, they did enough. 21 points. I'm never going to complain when a unit allows 21 points because your offense should be scoring more than 21 points in an NFL game. 
but still allowing yards, yards after the catch, tackling, getting to the ball are still problems that this Giants defense faces. Yeah, you know, last year they were the ninth-ranked defense, and this year we came in like, okay, now let's get better. You added Adore Jackson. There shouldn't be regression because you added an Adore Jackson. And so there has been regression. So where it's like they're not, you know, they're not like, you know, a horrible defense. But it's like they're not that, like, they're not like a really good D. You know, they're like, they're kind of like an average defense right now in the NFL. And it's like, well, we, you guys kind of got to be better than average. You know, and like if you look at points per game last year, and that's what I always look at with, with defenses because it's not about how many yards you gain. It's like, you know, you can bend on break. You could be a defense that gets turnovers. But it's like I I will always look at points per game when it comes to defense or in offense too. And it's like, well, they were literally like 16th in the league last week. So I'm, I'm, I don't know where they're at exactly right now when the games end, but they'll probably be right around that same yeah. point. You know, like they're they're in I think they're an average defense right now, and the issue is that we we need this defense to be better than average. We yep. need it to be good, and they're not good right now. They're just average, and I think the biggest stem of that is the pass rush. They just the pass rush is it. I mean, it, the pass rush is the worst has been since Dave Gellman got here. Yeah, you know, like Marcus Golden is a difference maker for this team right now. I know we I we agree. We've brought up like Marcus Golden on like three or four post game pods. That's how it's, bad it's the pass t- rush. It's a tough. It was a tough, it's a tough loss. Yeah, tough loss. We could really use a guy like him. Um, Pep, which I can't believe we we uh, say it this late in the game, but that coin toss was an iconic moment. Oh, man. That's why we won the game. That was iconic. Like, I, that had me amped up and ready to go. Um, I'm gonna he put hurt the drop. his hamstring, I'm gonna, though. I'm going to put the drop in right now. I'm putting it in right now. Do it. You're our visiting team. You have the choice. This is tails. This is heads. Heads is the call. And it is heads. We want that That's why we got the kick. Kick it that way. He had he had a hamstring injury, and he said that that was before the touchdown he gave up. So I put up the stat like we've given up a touchdown to four backup tight ends in four games, which is a true stat. <laughs> you know, Juwan Juwan. Uh, Johnson or Jawan James, I forget his Did name. Did you draft them in the fantasy draft? Yeah, remember I literally said it was like they, <laughs> a backup touch tight end scores. A t- it's going to be like a first round pick next week as, as a backup <laughs> tight end. Um, that was Pepper's first touchdown given up. Like the other three backup tight end scores were not on Jabril Pepper. So safety coverage is another you know thing I I think about in the NFL where it's like every only everyone only watches their safety and they don't watch other safeties it's like it's really hard to play man coverage on tight ends in the NFL today yeah you know so i know every everyone is like just out on peppers but it's like you know he might be like the getting the most pressures in like what they i think they should do if peppers is healthy you know and again he was injured in this game he you know he said he was injured before the touchdown is i think they should reduce mckinney's reps and get back to those eight man boxes safety down Logan Ryan high, you got your corners on the outside, and let him play that money backer role more. Um, like I would get back to, I would reduce McKinney's snaps for more Peppers snaps. How about that? Then you have Love and Ryan as like your your deep safeties. Love or? played nickel corner today, by the way. Love, played I'm nickel saying, corner? get away from deep safety. Get run more single high safety. Like, get away from this too high. It's not working for this defense. You know, and maybe even use less nickel and, and run more big. It's just so hard because the outside linebacker group sucks. Like, it, it really sucks right now. O'Shane Zimenez is a zero. Lorenzo Carter doesn't do really anything. You know, if he makes a play, it's a surprise. And then it's like Aziz Ojolari is being expected to be like this top dog, and he's just not that right now. You know, um, and the 16, the 17 uh, game sack rate is, is ended, which is sad. Dead. Um, but get to next game, and we'll get right back on that train. That's right. All right. Anything else? Let's see. I said got to get back to plus one boxes. Bradbury gets beat deep. Grant is playing man. Adore got beat on that third and long. You know, and they even they even bracketed him. Which is that? I mean, that was a great throw throw by Jameis. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, I'm just scared for a better offense next week. You know. I know Dallas, oh, yeah. Dallas has one of the best in the league, so obviously, you know, it's not, you know, f- totally panic mode if, if if they have a bad game. Um, but, you know, hey, Panthers had one of the best defenses in the league heading into today through three weeks, and they allowed 38 points today. So, 
I'm scared for next week. I'm scared for next week what the Giants may do defensively. But you want to know what? Change your expectations on offense. Put some points on the board. That's what this league is. It's an NFL, and it's a scoring league. So, Right now in the NFC East, the Giants are fourth in points scored and first in, points sc- and first in defense. How about that? How about that? All right. Anything else? We're at 50 minutes. I want to watch the Patriots-Bucks game. Yeah. Um, anything else? Leave a five-star rating review if you didn't. I hope bad things happen to you. Whoa. Um, and yeah, help is... us get to a thousand. That, that'll be really cool. Like I, I started my show in 2018, you know, and, we could get yeah. into the top 10 chart. Cause we've been like top 60 right now. And that's with us losing. So if we win and get all those, you know, you get the winning download numbers yeah. and the reviews, let's get talking giants into the top 10 for uh, sports and football. Yeah, that's um, all football shows in the country, by the way, that we're talking about. Yeah. I think we can do it. You know, but I started a show in 2018. I started Bleeding Blue, and I'm like, wow, how cool would it be to get 100 ratings? You know, I, that, that was like the main barometer of how I kind of evaluated the success of the show. You know, not you know, download numbers, listens, of course, too. But the five-star ratings, that's, you know, how, when people look at our show, what are they going to see? And if that, that 1K number can be there, um, that'll be really cool. So I, I appreciate all you for... Making that happen, because we're going to get there, and the Giants are going to win more games. So enjoy the feeling, celebrate, get ready for Dallas, follow what we do on all the you know on all the YouTube channel and the podcast this week. Get pumped, get ready, because uh, hopefully we're just getting started. You ain't seen nothing yet. Let's start a win streak, and we'll resell our stacking win shirts. All right, we appreciate you guys. We'll see you on Wednesday for a mailbag episode. Um, we'll put that tweet out uh, on Tuesday at 11, 11.30. Victory Monday. We appreciate you guys. We'll see you on the next one. Until then, let's go Big Blue.